Hi, I'm Hannah. And I'm Teffer. Welcome to Yeah, a show where we talk about young adult lit and what it can teach us at any age. This is our book club, and you're invited. Yeah! Yeah! week for our final installation of spooky week spooky week uh it is the week of halloween now i hope you're all very excited we're very excited at least i'm very excited do you get excited about about halloween hannah i it really depends Mm -hmm. like this i have just been in like midterms all month so i'm not thought about halloween Mm -hmm. this year i if i'm like not in school and i have the energy to be excited about halloween i get excited about okay i do feel this is my first like (laughs) halloween in school in like five years and i i do feel like oh october went very fast this year yeah i usually have like a real ramp up to halloween the way Mm -hmm. i like have a ramp up to christmas and this year i was just suddenly Mm -hmm. like oh it's next week that happened quickly yeah uh, i still haven't figured out what I'm going to wear to take my kids trick-or-treating. Right. So that's going to be interesting. Yeah. Um, but I think I'm going to be dead Anne Boleyn. Oh, fun. Yeah. Are you dressing up at all? I don't think so. I just, I don't like, I don't think I'm like doing anything for mm-hmm. Halloween. And mm-hmm. I also had like, if I end up having plans, I'll throw something together at the last yeah. minute. Yeah. But yeah, like, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, <clears throat> anyway. I fully commit to the spook. I did not celebrate Halloween as a child. I celebrated okay. Reformation Day. We would have a bonfire and there would be a skit that acted out Martin Luther. It was actually really fun. That's like, I mean, it was, yeah, it was a great. good party. It would be usually at somebody's farm and like there would be, we would do this whole thing where you'd have muffins and they would be all on a table mm-hmm. and they would all have a birthday cake candle in them and there'd oh. be a taper in the middle of the table and the taper was oh. Jesus. Oh, I was going to say, were there 95 muffins for the 95 theses? I don't think they were ever that precise. <laughs> but it would be like, it would be like, so Jesus talked to his apostles and you'd light a muffin candle. And then like his apostles talked directly to Martin Luther, bypassing the Roman Catholic Church. And oh, I, I might be, ex- so I might be exaggerating slightly. And then, you know, all the muffins would light up the whole room and it would be like, yeah. and then because of the Reformation, we have protestantism right yeah um, uh, but it was really fun and i remember it fondly but i also remember like really wanting to dress up and yeah. go trick-or-treating so i fully commit to the bit and part of fully committing to the bit is our spooky month spooky okay <clears throat> yes so are you all sick of hearing me do that yet <laughs> never it's i hope great. not because i'm gonna do it a lot more this week we're talking about Libba Bray's trilogy, which I, I feel like there's no good shorthand for it. But the first, is it yeah. the Realms trilogy, maybe? It's the Gemma Doyle trilogy. The Gemma Doyle trilogy. Called. Okay. So the first book is A Great and Terrible Beauty. That's the one we're going to be focusing on because there's a lot of pages <laughs> in all of these books. I have read them multiple times. Hannah read them once, but has like refreshed. Yeah, I yeah. might have read the first. Well, I've definitely read the first one at least twice, and I might have read it more mm-hmm. than that. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll maybe get more into this later, but these these ones are really interesting. This is going to be an interesting episode because these are some of your favorite 
Yeah, books. I love these books. Um, whereas I, I think that my relationship to them as a teen was like, I always like wanted to like them mm-hmm. because like they seemed like something that I should like. And so that's why I think that I've read or at least like partially reread the first one a few times. I think I've only read the other two like once each because I don't really like them. So this yeah. is going to be an interesting it's episode. Gonna interesting. We're going to, we're going to maybe try and figure out why I don't like them. Yeah. Well, it was, it was neat for me to go back. I, to be f- fully disclosing mm-hmm. I did not like closely reread the trilogy I mm-hmm. did um I did like reread each book more or less yeah but I think I ended up only closely rereading like the last third of the third one okay. <laughs> um, okay. uh, but I have read them like mm-hmm. a, a bunch of times and I was a little worried coming back to them because I hadn't read them in a couple of years mm-hmm. and you know you always are just like yeah is this gonna be is this gonna be a problematic fave mm-hmm. <laughs> am I gonna discover mm, things and um you know, they are the qu- sort of white Victoriana books. They do mm-hmm. talk about uh, colonialism. They talk about India. They talk about Romani people in ways that are like... Not mm-hmm. great. <laughs> but I think they actually do a very good job of um, writing from the narrow perspective of a Victorian girl mm-hmm. while maintaining a broader perspective of she is wrong about these things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Libba Bray is generally very good at writing diversity and writing yeah. diverse casts I so I really enjoyed actually the reread and I mm-hmm. like last night did the end of my reread like in the bath with like a face mask oh, which I think lovely. is the perfect way to read these books <laughs> they are the back of the book says um back of the book doesn't say this I don't know where I got this quote from but it's like this is the perfect like curl up under the covers book <laughs> yeah that's definitely on some publicity <laughs> so somewhere because I've I've read that in conjunction with these books before. Yeah, yeah, and I do. I like to read it in the fall. I like to read it in spooky season. I like to get cozy and make a cup of tea and uh, and and read these books and imagine being a uh, witchy schoolgirl in Victorian England. <laughs> Did you read a lot of like boarding school books? Yes. Yeah. Love boarding school books. Love boarding school books. Um, yeah, and so I think that's so. So I think part of why I don't like these books is, as we discussed on the last episode, me and Caddy, I don't do scary. Mm. <laughs> I don't really, I don't really like spooky. I don't really, I only like it if it's like, as the last books we read, like so silly that it's not scary. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I think these, like, I, I don't think these are bad books. I think they're just not like my books. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Um, like, I think the spooky is well done. It's just, like, a little bit too spooky. <laughs> These are, I think, the only, my only ride-or-die spooky books. Okay. Because I also yeah. don't really do spooky. Like, mm. it's just, it's it's not that I dislike it. I, I can read it and enjoy it. It's just not, mm-hmm. like, a genre I, I gravitate towards. Mm-hmm. And I think, for me, the, the boarding school of it carries the spook enough Yeah, for me to really enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Um, so synopsis, I haven't. <laughs> yeah, sorry, I interrupted. The synopsis. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. I'm just, uh, I'm just, uh, you know, trying maybe a less structured approach today. We'll yeah. say that's what this is. Um, this trilogy follows Gemma Doyle. She is a um, mm-hmm. an English girl uh, who was raised in India by her diplomat parents. I think her father's a diplomat. Yeah. Um. um 
I think so. I mean, he's, you know, he's a British guy who has no business living in India. Or he's like a, you know, (laughs) an industry colonizer or something. Yeah, he's, you know, her parents are colonizers living in India. She's been raised in India. Mm -hmm. Uh, She really wants to go back to England. Her mother doesn't want her to. On her 16th birthday, her mother dies. Um, And because in those days, fathers, you know, weren't expected to take care of their children. Mm -hmm. They all get shipped back to England so that... uh, Gemma's grandmother can kind of look out for them and Gemma can attend Spence Academy Mm -hmm. and while at Spence Academy Gemma discovers all kinds of spookiness afoot and also discovers that she has formidable magical powers Mm -hmm. Um, she makes friends well she she forms an alliance with some of the girls at school Felicity, Mm -hmm. Pippa and Anne and over the course of the books that grows into really strong friendships um, with Mm -hmm. multiple bumps along the way there's a huge cast of secondary characters and complex villains Mm -hmm. and a really really hot guy and uh, it's um, yeah I mean it's big there's a lot there significant part of Anne, of Gemma's mm-hmm. magic is that it comes from the realms which are mm-hmm. sort of a, a magic alternate world that she can enter mm-hmm. by um, summoning the door of light and she can bring people in and bring people mm-hmm. up. I see this whole trilogy as essentially a metaphor for col- colonialism. Mm-hmm. I think it's a, a meditation on colonialism and power and uh, I had not read it from that angle before, but mm-hmm. I'm doing a degree in <laughs> communications right now and yeah. thinking a lot about the Industrial Revolution and thinking a lot about mediums and magic and mm-hmm. uh, colonialism. Um, and it's very cool to sort of have that element in your mind when you read mm-hmm. them and, and think about that. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely a reading that's available and like is very interesting. Yeah. Now, you don't mm-hmm. like it. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't like them and I've been um but the these are so there's some books that you like don't like and you're like these are bad and I don't like them. Yeah. And there are some books that you like and you're like these are good and I like them. And then there's some books that you like and these are like and you're like these are bad and I love them. Mm-hmm. And there are some books that I think you're like these are good and I don't like them. Yes. And I feel like that's how I feel about these books. Yes. Um so one of the things that I was that I've just sort of been thinking about over the last little while is I think part of what is really good about these books and is also like so I like on a like thematic perspective and also like don't enjoy the reading experience of is how sort of like ambiguous and like I'm not sure what the adjective I'm looking for here but how the magic is so like good and evil intertwined Mm. and how it's so like messy and like I think it's partially like it just it makes it very like sort of spooky and unpredictable Mm -hmm. and like so I like don't love that as a reading experience I think I like my fantasy books to be a little bit more clear-cut on good and evil yeah it is um whereas these books are very um you know like it's very easy for the magic to turn sour and for you know um like people to it's a very sort of like yeah good good and evil are very like mixed together and maybe this is uh this is my post positive worldview showing um i don't love that <laughs> yeah. although i like like it from a thematic perspective because it's true <laughs> see that's that's so fun because for mm-hmm. me that is what I love about this book okay so you Tell know how 
You know how in Star Trek, you watch Star Trek. I have never seen Star Trek. What? I am sorry. I always, I this, I have done this like at least a dozen times during our friendship, where I've yeah, been yeah. like, you know how Star Trek, and you're like, I don't watch Star Trek, and I'm like, what are you talking about? Of course you watch Star Trek. Everybody saw Star Trek before I did. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I'm still gonna maintain this because I think okay. it's, a, it's, a, it's a metaphor that our audience will relate to. Excellent. In Star Trek, um, the Federation is always good. Mm-hmm. And if there's something evil afoot, uh, it's never the Federation. Mm-hmm. That may have changed in some of the more recent ones because mm-hmm. we live in more uh, nihilistic times now. <laughs> but like with TNG, mm-hmm. uh, Next Generation, mm-hmm. when something is afoot, even if it seems like maybe the Federation is mm-hmm. doing something stinky, it's never the Federation. Okay, And you can always just rest in that. Mm-hmm. And that is very stressful for me because okay. I do not trust power and I do not trust uniforms. <laughs> and I'm just watching it and I'm just like mm-hmm. you're telling me that this like a global space alliance is just always good it's mm-hmm. just always benevolent I do not buy it <laughs> so that mm-hmm. is how I <laughs> whenever there's something that's like these are the good people and these are the bad people mm-hmm. I'm always just like but are they really but mm-hmm. are they really so <laughs> I really appreciated reading a series <laughs> where you read it, and at first you kind of see you see order good, Sirs bad. You see order mm-hmm. good, Rakshana bad. Yeah, and um, and that's because that's what the people teaching Gemma want her to see mm-hmm. is order good. You know, not order bad. The order is the the um, coven of witches, essentially that yeah. Gemma has inherited. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's just not that straightforward, mm-hmm. and. Uh, the moral landscape looks a lot more like just the ordinary moral landscape of the world where mm-hmm. people want power, absolute power corrupts absolutely. Mm-hmm. There's this enormous magical power that you can carry with you into the world and carry with you into the realms. And essentially, anytime someone tries to control the magic, it goes bad. Mm-hmm. Even when they take it with the best intentions and say, yeah. we're going to help everybody, mm-hmm. they always help certain people and not other people. Mm-hmm. I think... Uh, one of the things I find the most compelling is in the third book. There, so mm-hmm. there's been this sort of tension between the Winterlands and the realms. Mm-hmm. There's this idea where the the realms have sort of generative, living magic, and mm-hmm. the Winterlands have the power of death. They have the mm-hmm. dead souls, and it turns out that what's happening is just the balance is off because the dead mm-hmm. souls aren't being ferried correctly. They're not okay. being brought to the afterlife. Mm-hmm. Um. And I love just taking this idea of like life good, death bad and turning it on its head and, mm-hmm. and, and just saying, well, no, it's yeah. when you started neglecting the realm of the dead mm-hmm. that things started going wrong and now things are terribly wrong Yeah, because the balance is gone. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I mean, I think this is why I say that this book is, is a cipher for colonialism. Oh, because yeah, it is. it's very. It's, <laughs> these... Um, there are the the, the uh, God. There's so many interesting di- dynamics. Mm-hmm. There's the Rakshana and the Order who used to kind of work together, and then at some point mm-hmm. started struggling with power. Um, the Rakshana is initially kind of established as an order that is Indian. You mm-hmm. see Indian men in it, and then as you get to know them, you discover that the the men of color in the Rakshana are all kind of treated as servants and errand boys, mm-hmm. and the people who really hold the power are the English are lords. Uh, But that's not how it always was. Mm -hmm. And you do have 
humans coming into the realms, mm-hmm. taking magic from the, the people and creatures who live in the realms, mm-hmm. and then saying, well, we're going to govern. We're going to govern the magic. Yeah. We're going to take care of the magic and apportion the magic as necessary. Mm-hmm. And it just throws all of the balance off, and the yeah. realms begin to die, and like nobody's getting their jobs done, and everything is mm-hmm. bad. And um, ultimately, big spoiler, big spoiler. If you don't want a spoiler, maybe skip the next 10 seconds or so. Mm-hmm. Um, at the end, Gemma gives the magic back to the realms. Mm-hmm. And that restores the balance. And it's still ambiguous. It's still... Yeah. Maybe everybody won't use this for good. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that's really important. Like, mm-hmm. especially if we're looking at it from a perspective of colonialism, because mm-hmm. that was a huge thing with the early like push of European colonialism yeah. in the 16 to 1800s was people saying, well, we're going to go in and, and govern these people and teach them mm-hmm. how to be and we're going to educate them. And we see how that went in Canada, right? We see this legacy of residential schools and traumatized people Mm -hmm. and governments who won't listen to the people who know the land the best Mm -hmm. about what is best for this country. So, um, mm, wow, I just talked about that for a long time. Yeah. Anyway, it's a very short version. The moral relativism is actually what compels me the most. And so I find that I do remember the first time Mm -hmm. reading it being like, this is new. This is, Mm -hmm. this is not something I've ever seen before. And, and feeling a little mm-hmm. confused, a little discombobulated. Um, yeah. But then I I think I'm, I'm more like, if we're talking about like personality alignment, I'm mm-hmm. a little bit more chaotic. Yeah. <laughs> Chaotically aligned than you are. Oh, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> um, I like to think I'm chaotic good, but I might be chaotic neutral. Uh, and I really um. revel in that sort of... Mm-hmm. nobody's good nothing is good nothing yeah. is certain <laughs> um, um yeah well I yeah, definitely yeah. like I would say my like I think I, I try to be less like lawful because I like understand that <laughs> laws and rules are like not necessarily like the be all end all but like I I definitely naturally gravitate towards like lawful good I, th- I think you're lawful I think you're pretty I think you're pretty like classically lawful good yeah <laughs> which is good I mean lawful evil is bad but like yes. yeah um, um, but yeah, no, I like, yeah, I like like rules and like to, yeah, I like in, in, especially in my fantasy, I think I like, you know, I like the typical like high medieval fantasy of like, there's an evil thing and we're gonna, and, and, you know, there can be some like ambiguity of like, oh, well, like the, you know, society helps to create this person who's evil, but, um, yeah, no, I really like the realms, and then it, like, makes me really sad when they, like, get all corrupted, and I'm like, no, I just, like, want to hang out in this utopia. It's fine. It doesn't need to secretly be a dystopia. <laughs> Does that happen in the first book? Can yes. you just enjoy the first book? Okay, so you, you yeah. can't even oh, Well, just, I think like... that that's, I think that it actually does, like, well, I think what you're saying with the friendships, too, like, I think they get maybe, like more deep and genuine as the series goes on and and things but I just get sort of like the first book doesn't want to make make me want to keep reading enough okay now are Felicity and Pippa um revealed as a couple in the first book or does that happen in later books they're not like explicitly but there's definitely I mean there's just like a lot of homoerotic subtext going on with Felicity generally um and you can definitely like pick up on like homoerotic 
stuff happening in the yeah. first book. Yeah. So Felicity is like fully established as a lesbian. Okay. In, in later books. Yeah. And as in love with Pippa, although mm-hmm. like she and Pippa were together, but Pippa always kind of treated her badly because Pippa yeah. kind of treats people badly. Yes. Um, and also there's a whole history with her father. Mm-hmm. That Felicity was a, a victim of um, childhood sexual abuse. Yes, and uh, I just yes, I, I do love remember this. I love Felicity as a character. Mm-hmm. She's so um, layered, and she's so mm-hmm. again ambiguous. I like morally ambiguous <laughs> characters. Yeah, see, I I yeah. I do not go for morally ambiguous right. <laughs> characters, but this is very interesting. Yeah, um, I also see her as Natalie Dormer. Oh. Yeah, I mean, Natalie Dormer's far too old, but... When yes. I first read these, Natalie Dormer was not too old. <laughs> okay, yeah, fair. <laughs> so in my mind... they came out, like, 15 years yeah, ago. Yeah, Natalie yeah. Dormer, but with, like, curly hair. Yeah. Yeah, it's how I see her. Yeah, I can yeah. see that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I love Natalie Dormer. Yeah, who doesn't love Natalie Dormer, honestly? Fools. I am endlessly disappointed that this didn't get turned into a movie but maybe I shouldn't be because they probably would have messed it up but what I want now is for Netflix to pick it up as a series Mm -hmm. it would be good on screen yeah it would be very good on screen yeah um I want so I want to talk about the characters and the relationships sure because so this is the bit that I'm like I'm sold on like why the moral relativism is like good even though I don't like it Um, and you don't have to like it yeah I'm yeah. not, um, I think that's one of the things that, like, stops me from, like, really sinking my teeth into these books is, like, I don't like how the characters treat each other. Um, and I, like, have trouble buying the quartet as, like, true good friends. Hmm. Um, but maybe, does that evolve a lot more as the series it goes on that I've forgotten lot. about? Okay. Yeah. yeah, it evolves quite a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, they... Uh, really help Anne. They really protect each other. Mm-hmm. They really take care of each other. You do see a lot, yeah. of, a lot of affection growing. And I mean, I think part of that is age. I think sixteen-year-olds yeah. aren't necessarily nice to each other. Mm-hmm. Um, like sometimes, yeah, and some, yeah. but like especially. I think it's more realistic when you think about how all of these kids have terrible parents. Yeah. All of these kids have kind of been on their own in one mm-hmm. way or another. And what I see with them in the first book is that they all just have these great big walls up. Mm-hmm. And they just can't really. Like even Anne, who is sympathetic because she's she's poor and she's mm-hmm. plain and she has very few options is is kind of shitty to the oh, other yeah, girls. No, yeah. None of them yeah. are um, nice to each other. But what I see is that, <laughs> and what I love is that mm-hmm. there's an empowerment narrative yes. where as they gain power, as they gain confidence, they are mm-hmm. able to take those walls down. Yes. And they're able to to find that vulnerability. Mm-hmm. Which again, like I think that's really profound to, to show yeah. like, that one of the Mm-hmm. necessary elements for making friends is feeling comfortable like with yeah. yourself not just with each other that if you're all walled off and scared it's mm-hmm. very very hard to make friendships for the sake of friendships mm-hmm. yeah. yeah no that is definitely at play and important I think especially like especially in the first in the first book it's very much that they 
like it's just the sort of like shifting like the friendships are all like these like shifting political alliances basically mm-hmm. and i suppose it is probably <laughs> we keep coming back to like it's realistic and i don't like it yeah yeah <laughs> So my idealism is showing. Um, Well, and one of the really um, profound things that happens, Mm -hmm. so Felicity and Pippa are are so aligned from the beginning of the book. And they're a couple. And at the very end, Pippa, spoilers, Pippa dies Mm -hmm. in the first book. And they find her in the realms that she hasn't Mm -hmm. crossed over. Yeah. And because she hasn't crossed over, her soul gradually gets corrupted. And it's... um, it's a devastating storyline. It's so mm-hmm. sad. It's really, it's really, really hard to see unfold. Yeah. Um, and Felicity is, you know, heartbroken. Mm-hmm. This is her first love, and she tries so hard to save her, mm-hmm. and she can't. Yeah. <laughs> um, and that's and that's really hard to see happen. But I, what we see is we see the kind of nasty elements of Pippa just take the forefront and she becomes obsessed with attention and obsessed with power Mm -hmm. um and and it gradually corrupts her and I it's important it's an Mm -hmm. important thing to see um but I think Felicity's loyalty there and really is it's really touching because Felicity is kind Mm -hmm. of set up as a like cold Mm hard-hearted person and then very very gradually over the course is revealed to be just so protective and so mm-hmm. caring. Um, there's a part where her her parents take on a ward mm-hmm. who is yeah. a little girl, and that's you know when Felicity reveals that her father abused her, yeah. and she just does everything she can to protect her. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, I think again, it's real, <laughs> it's realistic, yeah, and that it's very... and that if if. Mm-hmm. What you go to fantasy for is kind of an uncomplicated escapism. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> then it's it's not necessarily in these. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Well, that's... Yeah. And I think that goes to say what you were talking about, about how they gender gender sort of bend... Not gender bend. Genre bend. I'm tired. I'm go. sorry. <laughs> I was like, I don't remember that. No. No, they genre bend, not gender yeah. bend. Um, they genre, they do a lot of sort of genre mixing. Like, they're Although not... There is a non-binary character in the realms. Ooh. That's exciting. Um, but yeah, they it is. Yeah, it's, they're it's, very... They're not sort of one... Um, one straightforward genre and I think that's part of why they're so like they're a little bit unpredictable Mm -hmm. um and so if you're not someone who likes um like a lot of unpredictability in your reading material which like I will admit that I'm not um I'm the kind of person who if like a book is too like stressful and like suspenseful I will like flip to the end and read what happens right and then I can continue yeah 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 yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it's interesting because, like, I'm not generally a thriller Mm -hmm. reader. I'm not generally a suspense reader. Libba Bray has written a second historical spooky trilogy, which I've been meaning to read because it's set in the 20s. Like, I think it's it's probably really good. I'm really curious Mm -hmm. to see if Gemma crops up. Yeah, because she moves to New York. She moves to New York. Yeah, and and, I mean, she would be old. Maybe she would be dead. 
Um, no, this is set in like 1890 something. Yeah, I think so. So she would be in her 40s. Yeah. So so I'm, I'm kind of hoping that she shows up, but I don't know if she does. But it's like I started reading it and mm-hmm. it's like very horror, like okay. much more than this one yeah. is. I have heard from from a friend that the second and third books are less horror. Okay. So like you kind of have to get, get through it. Through. And I'm trying to remember what they're called. Mm-hmm. But they're very occult and very spooky. Mm-hmm. Um, there's like yeah. so so in in the Gemma Doyle trilogy, it's much more mm-hmm. the magic is in the realms more. Yes. You see less kind of witchcraft and spells and things yeah. in the real world. You see some, but um, it's mostly all connected to. It's all connected to the realms. Yeah, yeah, and um. in uh, well, and it, there's nods to darker magic, but you don't see it. Yeah, uh, but in in the uh the newer mm-hmm. one which now i can't remember what it's called there's much more like mm-hmm. dark magic happening yeah. in the real world yeah and that i found really like scary and i couldn't do when i tried to read it but i'm gonna go mm-hmm. back to it yeah okay is there anything you like um i mean yeah so like <laughs> there, there are two levels there's like things that i like as in like i like so like especially talking about it like yeah like i like that it is like, it is very realistic and, like, complicated in a lot of ways. Like, you see, I think, like, the thing that both, like, I don't enjoy as a reader, but I also, like, like as somebody who's reading more critically in in the first one is how, like, because you do start to see them becoming closer as friends. And it's like, okay, maybe they are. Maybe this is really a friendship and not just, like, a political alliance. But then whenever there is stress they start being cruel to each other again. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's, like, realistic. And I also, <laughs> like, it's, yeah, it's, um, I mean, I like, I like like, idealism where it's, like, you can rise, rise above. But, like, I, so I think that that's, I think that that's, like, good. Um, things that I like. I mean, I like the, uh, like, the world building is really interesting. And I love, I mean, I love, like, the, the realms mm-hmm. I both like so I'm gonna say that I like it because I find it really I find the whole thing with her mother really moving at the yeah. beginning of the book I think this is part of why I often find it hard to get this book started because it's like it hits so hard the like teenager being petulant and shitty to their mom and then their mom dies and it's yeah. just like <gasps> this is my worst nightmare <laughs> like, it's devastating yeah. um, she does not pull any emotional punches no none at all none at all this book is devastating yeah Yeah. it's devastating um and Um, oh oh i remembered another thing i loved but you finish mm -hmm. you can finish um yeah so i like i think the mother-daughter relationship is really good and i would have liked to like see more of it but um does the does her mom come back more in the later books i don't think so but um, I, I think here and there is visions. But I mean, the, that's yeah. the thing, right? That's the whole thing mm-hmm. is that her mom is dead and she. Yeah. And so she doesn't. Yeah. And then she like yeah. crosses over. Yeah. Yeah. And she can't accept that her mom is dead and she needs to yes. be able to release mm-hmm. that guilt. Yes. Um, and that trauma. Yeah. 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 Um, Closure. I really like. Um, oh, is it? No, it's not. Cross is Pippa's last name. Miss Moore. I really like Miss Moore. And then I know that that gets very interesting later. Uh, Um, But she's not, she's not irredeemable. Like she does, she does get redemption at the last. Mm -hmm. Um, 
I do love that. I love her her story arc. Miss yeah. Well, I remembered as I was reading the first. I'm like, I think that there's something that happens with her later, and I yeah. don't remember. And um, but yeah, I think she's she's a really interesting character, and I always like the art teacher character. If the art teacher's a good art teacher, I always like the art teacher. Yeah. So <laughs> I love the incorporation yeah. of the arts. I love the incorporation of yes. poetry and yes. Gemma finding herself through poetry and through mm-hmm. art I really really appreciate yeah well not just Gemma too right like yeah. Anne her sort of like the way that yeah. Anne finds powers through the arts and through music um and I really like that yeah and I do okay so the theme that I really like um that I do sort of like wholeheartedly like I'm like oh I see what you're doing here is um how much it interacts with kind of like the powerlessness of women in this era and um, the, especially, like, the, the particular powerlessness or, like, the particular way in which, like, higher class women are disempowered. Um, but then also the way that that kind of, like, makes them, makes it impossible for them to see how other women are disempowered. Yes. Like, the, um, so the tension between Pippa and Anne, I think, is really, really interesting in the first book. How they both, they are both intensely kind of jealous of each other. Um, because Anne is kind of, Anne is totally disempowered in that she's, she's not going to have, you know, wealth or a station and she, she's not beautiful, which is, you know, the main commodity a woman has in this era. Um, and then Pippa is jealous of Anne because Pippa is kind of reduced to her beauty and because of it is treated like an object and like, and is really jealous of the fact that Anne is really plain and unremarkable and so people don't objectify her in the same way that they objectify Pippa and Anne has Um, much more agency than Pippa does yeah and I mean there's the added uh, aspect of Pippa having epilepsy and needing to keep that a a deep secret and Mm -hmm. and her parents really acting like she needs to get married off because she's secretly damaged mm. goods yeah yeah, yeah and well because really she point. she is a commodity to her parents she is and she is a dangerous commodity she mm-hmm. is she is valuable if they can marry her off before somebody knows well she's valuable as long as she's young and beautiful right yeah as long as she is as 16 17 and gorgeous you know yes. there's there's no beauty quite like the like, like. the beauty of youth i sound yes. like an old hag <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, there's a reason there's a whole beauty industry telling us that we can look 17 again. (sighs) Starring Zac Efron. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah. So I really, I do, I think that that tension is really, is really, it's subtly done. And I think it's, it's really good how they sort of explore that. And also how Pippa and Anne become friends. Mm -hmm. And they do... They are kind of like I this this is what always draws me out is like they're like they're so mean to each other, even though they say they like each other and like I think that they do, but also like why do they keep being so mean to each other? Um You're very Libra, right? Oh yes. You're like you're like all, all of all of my signs are Libra. Yeah, you're like all Libra in your turn. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And can't I'm very... everybody just be nice. <laughs> Um, that could you could carve that on my tombstone why can't everybody just be nice to each other Um. (laughs) well it's interesting because because what when Mm. I read friendships where everybody's just nice to each other I'm just like this is not realistic like at Mm. least not for teenagers Mm. there's like I don't know my friends and I I mean especially me I was a nasty nasty little teenager Mm. because 
I was like awkward and mm. felt like I didn't fit and yeah. would put people down to mm. build myself up sometimes. And okay. that's just like, you know, and, and my other friends did that too. Not all of them, but like mm. you, there was a lot of quipping back and forth. There was a lot of, yeah. I don't know, stealing each other's boyfriends <laughs> or like whatever. Mm. And a lot of catty whispering about each other and mm-hmm. still a lot of love like there were yeah. there were both both were there um yeah and ma- maybe yeah. I, f- I find that hard to relate to because that was not my high school experience at all yeah I think partially because my high school was I'm gonna this is gonna sound ridiculous but like a bit countercultural, mm. and that it was just I mean it was like an art school we were all deeply nerdy and deeply weird and like there were no straight boys so like none of us had boyfriends anyways so like we didn't have that to fight over yeah. Yeah, and um, and I also like definitely like my personality is to like when I feel threatened is not to attack but to just like withdraw. Yeah. So like if I like felt insecure, I would just you know isolate myself. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's fair. It's a but it's different but it's, experiences. Yeah. But yeah. it's interesting to hear that this is yeah like a an actual realistic experience. Oh yeah, especially I mean I have seven thousand sisters and like right, especially yes. especially with my sisters just constantly. Yeah. And some of that is a, a you know parenting thing and the mm-hmm. the way we were raised or the place we were raised but um mm-hmm. it always looking back on it it always came out of insecurity it always came mm-hmm. out of feeling disempowered yeah and feeling I mean I think about the sister and I who had kind of this just rivalry going on mm-hmm. because you know, I thought she was a lot prettier and more socially mm-hmm. um, adaptable than I was. And yeah. and she, I'm sure, you know, I know had insecurities about me that I don't know precisely what they are. Because yeah. we still haven't talked about it, even yeah. though we're adults. Um, <laughs> yeah. But there was, you know, and we mm-hmm. loved each other very much and still mm-hmm. do. But we were just constantly mean to each other all the time because mm-hmm. we didn't know how, how to, to relate uh, in a way that wasn't just snapping at each other. And mm. because when you teach kids that they have to be the best, mm. when you teach kids that they have to be the highest class or the smartest or the most beautiful or whatever it is. And I, then, I do think, you know, we've gotten away from the Victorian be the most beautiful a little bit. Mm-hmm. But I do think especially with our generation, parents put a lot of pressure on kids to be the smartest, okay. be the top of the class. Mm-hmm. And... um in our family that was really important and and okay. it's just when you pit kids against each other when mm-hmm. these girls Gemma, Pippa and Felicity are in competition with yeah. each other they yes. are they they go to finishing school knowing that they're eyeing the competition for husband right. and you see that with Felicity and Pippa kind of mm-hmm. or no it's not it's not Felicity it's not um, it's Gemma it's and Felicity Gemma, probably it's in Gemma, the Is it Gemma and Felicity though or is it just Gemma yeah it's Gemma and Felicity mm-hmm. Gemma has a, a, a boyfriend briefly who mm-hmm. like there's so much tension and it does pit them against each other because yeah. they are supposed to marry in a certain class there are only so many eligible men in that class yeah and they are actually pitted against each other to get the Mm. highest class and that's just an impossible position to put teenagers in and then Mm. say also you have to be friends you know yeah no it's very true it's very true um well yeah and it's oh it's very interesting to me to think about how yeah like I just 
I had a different experience. And I think yeah. part of that was like the school that I went to part of it. I only grew up with one sibling and we were like super different and also mm. different genders. Um, I also feel like my family is uh, the the community I grew up in was mm-hmm. like is is very different from a lot of my peers. Yeah. <laughs> well, my family of origin also put a lot of emphasis on being nice to people. Mm. Like, I would say, like, that was, like, one of the core values that I was raised with. And that's partially my mother grew up with, like, a million siblings um, and, like, a fair bit of conflict um, and really didn't like that. Mm-hmm. And so, like, we were, my brother and I were very much raised with, like, be nice to each other. Mm-hmm. Be nice to each other. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And so, yeah. But that's it's interesting. See, I, I enjoy, it's, it's it's good to talk about books that you don't like and, yeah. like. Yeah, yeah. Think it's, about it. It's it's actually nice for me to get like mm-hmm. pushback on it to be yeah. like, wait, I don't like this about it because then I can be like, well, why do I like it? Like, yeah, get into it a little more deeply. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's interesting for me yeah. too to be like, why don't I like this? Yeah. yeah. Um. But anyway, they're definitely yeah. spooky. Yes. Uh. So if you like your fantasies to be clear cut black and white this is good this is bad this may not be you the series like for it. you it might be a good challenge if you are chaotic <laughs> uh if you like everything to be complicated if you are an mm. optimistic nihilist like <laughs> me um these are fun to read mm-hmm. i also just we don't have time to get into this but Mm-hmm. I started reading this around the time that I was doing a reading called Mediums and Media for my class and oh, talking about okay. how um, spiritual mediums were kind of this mm-hmm. first idea of like digital communication. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was very, very yeah. interesting to read the sort of social historical context of the Industrial Revolution and then mm-hmm. read these books and kind of get all of that gender juicy mm-hmm. queerness i'm making these like gestures like i'm yeah. just pulling handfuls of guts out um, yeah. which is how i feel about reading mm-hmm. texts yeah <laughs> i so remember two more things that i like okay if we want to hear things that i like real quick sure. um so i do really love the like queer subtext and i'm like yeah this was definitely like intentional and i think it's gonna go somewhere there's this scene where Felicity like bites an apple that Gemma's holding, and I'm like, oh my goodness, Felicity's so good at and flirting. And then kisses her on the lips. Yeah, <laughs> she takes a bite out of the apple and kisses her on the lips. And I'm like, wow, this is charged. I have such a crush on Felicity. <sighs> anyway. um, and then the other bit that I like mediums is reminding me. So there's a scene where they go and see a medium, and um, and so like Felicity like arranges for Gemma to be able to talk to the medium so that they can find out more about. Um, these like mysterious girls who were involved in the order but then when felicity's like in the realms gemma gemma when gemma is i'm tired i'm sorry (laughs) when gemma is in like the realms of the dead sort of um she meets one of their teachers dead fiance and so she didn't she had like seen the picture of the fiance on the teacher's desk and was like "Hmm, i wonder why he never comes around and then it turns out that he died like 10 years ago and and the teacher knows this but is still very and Gemma like sort of facilitates um like him getting to say goodbye to her and then like the teacher moving on and it's like really beautiful and it's a really it's a, I think it's especially it's the kind of thing that I really like we're talking about niceness where like Felicity um Gemma doesn't really like this teacher um not her favorite teacher 
she finds her frustrating. Um, she does really badly in her class. And then she, like... But she does this thing for her. Yeah. And it's really nice. I like it, too, because it foreshadows Gemma's role. It comes out that mm. the Order's role in the realms yes. was to facilitate the crossing of the dead, to mm-hmm. to provide closure. Yes. Um, and I, yeah, I love that also, that it's it's not just doing a really kind thing, but it's also her first step towards mm-hmm. fulfilling her destiny. Yeah. It's so, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. she takes it so seriously. Like she like the, it's this beautiful scene with the medium, and she's like like tell her this, and the medium does it, and like leaves out a part, and Gemma's like mention the scarf. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's, it's great. I'm done. So have a good Halloween, folks. Yes. This wraps up our spooky month. Spooky. spooky. That was excellent. Um, I hope you have a very good Halloween. I hope you enjoy yourself. And have good costumes and nice mm-hmm. candy. My baby yes. has discovered Halloween candy. I did not give my baby Halloween candy. <laughs> it was not me. Um, <laughs> if I may quote, because I was here when this happened last week. Why are you giving the baby candy? He's very nice. <laughs> <laughs> and so now when he sees the Halloween candy box, he just he's learned that if he points at things, he can have them. And he just points at it. And then if we walk away, he's like, ah, 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 ah. <laughs> anyway, so I hope you enjoy your Halloween candy as much as my baby does. Thanks for listening to Yeah. If you want to leave feedback, suggest a book for us to read, or just say hi, send us an email at theyapodcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at yapodcast and individually at tefferbear at thebalesosaurus and at caddy double underscore d. If you like the show and want to help us make it even better, consider supporting us on Patreon. You can get all kinds of great perks, including early access to bonus content, shoutouts, guest appearances, and more. Head to patreon.com slash yapodcast to donate. Shout out to our patrons, Matt Dever, Chantal Thomas, Kat McGuire, Lizzie Tenhove, Catherine Rush, and Erica Stuchberry. We love you guys. We have merch. Hit the merch link in the description of this episode to get some from the fine folks over at TeePublic. You can also support us for free by leaving a rating and review on Stitcher or Apple Podcasts and by sharing this episode with a friend. Yeah, you can share it with a friend who's chaotic or a friend who needs to like be pushed in their enjoyment of things that are <laughs> not clear cut. I don't think I don't think we have to push our friends into enjoying things they don't enjoy. It's okay. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I think it's like a useful exercise. It was a useful exercise for me. <laughs> All right. <laughs> But true. We can let our friends be comfortable. Anyway, share the episode, no matter what. Yes. Because we really, we want those good listens. Special thanks to Great Bear for letting us use their song, Jenny's Groove, as our theme music. You can find their music for sale at greatbearmusic.bandcamp.com. This episode was produced by Tepper Ajanian and edited by Tom Zalatni as part of the Upford Network. You can find out about all the great shows on our network at upfordnetwork.com. Hi, I'm Howard Mitnick, host of Gateway Music. Join me as I talk with people about the artists and albums that changed their lives and about the artists and albums that changed mine. Available on the Upford Network and wherever you get your podcasts.
Hi, yeah. Um, I'm just gonna wash my hands here. Uh, I know what you're wondering. What are you doing in my bathroom? Well, this is very easy to explain. Hold on, hold on. Let me let me just blow dry my hair here. Uh, I'm here to tell you about Lasers on the Ride podcast. It's available wherever you get your podcast. It's a mix of comedy, uh, interviews, and the existential drama that only real life can bring. Now I'm gonna go take a shower. Goodbye.